You're listening to Life Solved, the research podcast from the University of Portsmouth, where we explore how breakthroughs here are changing our world today and for the future. This time, we're looking at biomechanics, the science involved in the movement of the human body, and how the latest robotic technology is helping patients regain their physical abilities. We saw people were walking faster. We saw that because of that, they're able to walk for longer. Their balance was also improving, which is really important when, you know, thinking about walking up and down stairs, walking around the home. But also outside of that, we did see improvements in confidence, quality of life. In this episode, Amy Wright explains how biomechanical data is being used to create automated physiotherapy equipment that sounds like something from a sci-fi movie. But it's being trialled here and now, and with hugely promising results. Amy Wright is a senior lecturer in the School of Sport, Health and Exercise Science. As you'll hear, her interest is in helping people with mobility problems caused by stroke and in developing efficient new ways to rehabilitate them. But her career began in a slightly different area. Previously, I was in elite sport. When I was at university, got involved in sort of the elite side of sport. I was sort of traveling around the UK, supporting GB archery, GB gymnastics. I did some consultancy work for British Athletics. And that that was the area I was going to go into. So making people stronger, faster, jump higher, those sorts of things. I then finished university, decided to go traveling. I did have a job offer from British Athletics, but yep, decided to go traveling, wanted to see the world, did that, came back. And it's one of those things where you take a year out and for elite sport side of things, it's quite difficult to get back into because all your CV is outdated at that particular point. So I decided to go for any job in biomechanics, ended up becoming a technician and was like, you know what, I'll, I'll do a PhD. But actually now six, seven years down the line, I yeah find it so rewarding working with individuals where actually we're making life-changing differences to them, their quality of life's improving. So whether we're looking at someone sprinting the fastest speed they possibly can and having a look at how their legs move while they do that, instead we're looking at how an individual's legs move post-stroke, walking slowly. So in terms of the skills that you gain from working in sport, Everything is translatable because all we're interested in is how someone moves. But yeah, rehab is definitely where my passion lies in terms of helping people and seeing what we can do in terms of research. Biomechanics is a great word and it's right at the heart of Amy's work. It's about looking in detail at how the human body moves and at those individual differences that make each of us unique. Biomechanics, if we break the word down, we've got bio, biology, thinking about sort of the human body side of things, and then mechanics. So when we think about mechanics, we're thinking more about physics, maths, the mechanics of the body. So we're interested in human motion and we look at that in a very mechanical way. So we're interested in the forces that act outside of the body, inside of the body, how the body interacts with different surfaces, so the force is going through those feet, but also what we can see, so 
joint angles in the knees, the hips, the ankles, all the way through the spine. Anything to do with human movement of the body is what we do in biomechanics. Generally, you'll find that a lot of biomechanists concentrate on lower body. So walking, running, especially in a clinical population, because if we're thinking about quality of life, if you're able to walk around your home or walk down to the park with your grandchildren, things like that, walking is is up there as a top priority in terms of rehab. So we can literally look at anything in terms of the body itself and how it interacts with the world around itself. 20 years ago, the main way of capturing that movement and interaction was by filming the person using a static video camera. But advances in technology and data analysis have led to a much more sophisticated process, similar to the motion capture techniques used in the entertainment industry. In terms of how we analyse someone's movement, our main yes, measure is using a, a 3D camera system. So People may have seen when they create things like Gollum or on movies when people have got little dots all over their faces uh, or in green suits with sort of little dots all over their joints. It's pretty similar to what we do. We just stick on really small markers, which are really reflective on the different joints of the body we're interested in. We have a camera system that's in a, a circle around the room, so 16 cameras. And as we walk through that space, the camera then picks up on those reflections from the markers and creates pretty much a 3D model of those markers. And from there, we can actually see someone walking on screen exactly as they are in real time. And from there, we're able to look at things like our joint angles, our speed, distances, step lengths, stride lengths. So that's one of our major pieces that we generally use. Other things that we use is pressure mats. They're really useful for us because we're able to look at how someone is swaying, so side to side, forward and back, to see what that balance is like when they're standing still. We also use force platforms. Again, we look at the force of the foot going through the floor, and that can really help us understand where the forces are acting and what direction they're acting. And finally, another piece of equipment we use in biomechanics is something called EMG, or electromyography. A little bit of a mouthful, but these are Sensors that allow us to have a look at our muscles activation. So when we sort of tense a muscle, it sends out an electrical signal and we can pick up on that little electrical signal. And from there, we can see how much that muscle is firing or activating. So yeah, we use some really cool, cool pieces of kit, lots of setup involved. But yeah, that's what, what we generally use, to be honest. Amy and her team are using all this kit and all the information they get from it to improve the lives of people whose movement has been affected by stroke. 100,000 strokes are reported in the UK every year, and 1.3 million people are living with the after-effects, a number that's predicted to double over the next 20 years, ironically because better healthcare means that more people survive the stroke itself. When someone has a stroke, we have a couple of, of different types of stroke. So we've got a hemorrhagic stroke or an ischemic stroke. So this is where either we have a, a block, so a clot is in the brain and it stops blood flow to a certain part of the brain, or we have a bleed that happens. And dependent upon where that clot is or where that blockage happens in the brain, it can affect any part of the body. So anything from speech, sight, hearing loss, all the way through to mobility. 75% of the stroke patients Amy sees have problems affecting one of their legs. And she and her colleagues are working closely 
with a team from the University of Winchester and Hobbs Rehabilitation to find new ways to help them recover using their carefully collected biometric data and cutting-edge robotics. The major project that we've been working on, it's been going on for about four or five years now, and we were looking at the use of a bionic leg. That was the true name of of the device as well, the, the bionic leg. But basically, it's almost like an exoskeleton, like strap-on knee, pretty much. So if you think of a, a really big knee brace, in a way, and it has a motor that just sits on the top of your knee. The way that it works is we then put a, a pressure mat or a little pressure insole into the shoe. And as we walk, we put our heel down first. And then as we walk through to then take that leg off, we then push our pressure onto our toes and then we push off our toes. And the leg then understands exactly when it needs to straighten and when it needs to bend based on where that pressure is through the foot. So that was the specific device that we were using. And we gave this to a variety of stroke patients and they took it home, which was the really novel part of our study. Many rehabilitation studies are based in hospitals or in clinics. But Amy's team wanted to find out if the bionic leg could be successfully used by people in their own homes because that would make it easier for a patient and their family to follow an intensive rehabilitation programme. They were also keen to see how well the bionic leg would work on a range of patients. We have such a variety of different disabilities, and although it might affect your leg, it affects your leg in very different ways between different people. It may be more on the knee or the ankle or the hip, dependent on where that stroke was in the brain. But In terms of what we saw when we sort of pooled our data together, when we looked at everyone who had the leg, we saw people were walking faster. We saw that because of that, they're able to walk for longer. Their balance was also improving, which is really important when, you know, thinking about walking up and down stairs, walking around the home, standing and just washing something up, things like that. So biomechanics wise, yeah, we saw improvements. But also outside of that, we did see improvements in confidence, quality of life. I guess our our best example was uh, a guy called Lloyd Brammer. Amazing guy. And yeah, he came on the study and he came in in a wheelchair. Generally around his home, he could stand up with some assistance from his wife. He could walk around, but he would need either someone next to him or sort of a, a Zimmer frame or a stick. He did 10 weeks with the leg. He did it every single day, just as we asked for 10 weeks, used it around the home. And by the end, he was able to stand up from a chair without any assistance, able to walk around his home without a stick. You know, he can walk on uneven ground outside of his own home without a stick now. So in terms of that side of things, I mean, it's quite incredible coming in a wheelchair, walk out the door. It's not quite as simple as that, but realistically, in his mind, it was an absolutely fantastic 10 weeks, which was kind of quite life-changing for his whole family, really. With physiotherapists stretched to provide rehabilitation for growing numbers of patients, this kind of robotic technology may hold huge potential for the future of stroke rehabilitation. But Amy is quick to correct any impression that humans will no longer be needed. Collaboration is key, she says, between the technologists and the healthcare workers looking after the patients. We need to talk to physios. We need to still talk to doctors. If individuals are experiencing pain, discomfort, feel like something isn't working for them, we need to be able to talk to someone about that. 
Plus, the robotic devices are great, but we still need to adjust settings on them. We need to ensure that they're fitting correctly. We need to make sure that they are working as, as they are. So we've got that side of things in terms of making sure the device is comfortable. But equally, physiotherapy, manual manipulation, actually working with individuals, that's really important in terms of that sort of confidence levels. It's not a case of if we just give a device to someone, it's going to be a miracle and we don't need physios involved. We also need the physio to support exactly what's going on. And I think we'll always need that to a certain extent. Really depends on where robotics goes in the future, I suppose. But with Zoom, Teams and all of those sorts of things now, there's a lot more healthcare happening over video calls and whether devices alongside that sort of interaction would work. That's something nice to look at sort of in the future. If a successful relationship can be struck between traditional physiotherapy, patient care and robotic technology, Amy believes it could improve rehabilitation for patients and at the same time reduce pressure on NHS staff. If we can find other ways to rehab patients at home as intensively as physios would in the hospital or as intensively as physios going out to people's homes, then technically we're able to then rehab individuals for much longer periods of time with the same intensity. And then hopefully if we can get their physical activity up, their confidence up, daily living up, then it's more likely that they're less at risk to have a stroke in the future or other sort of diseases coming along because of their lack of physical activity at home. What does the future hold? For Amy, it's all about building on those promising results from the bionic leg trial, sharing their findings with policymakers and beyond and helping as many stroke patients as possible. It's just such a rewarding area because there's so many people that it actually affects. And it'll take years for robotics to be rolled out into the NHS. But equally, we as researchers have to find out what works, what doesn't, and actually inform what could happen in the future. And that's kind of what we're striving towards now. Thank you for joining us for this series of Life Solved. If you want to find out more about research at the University of Portsmouth, go to the website port.ac.uk slash research. We'll be back again soon with more amazing insights. And you can also get news of the latest developments here at the university direct to your inbox. Just subscribe at port.ac.uk slash solve.